Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, the very first playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. Season one is republishing the long-lost first episodes of the show from back in 2007. And season two begins the new episodes. Now, a few things have changed since 2007, like the website. For more information about Theatrically Speaking or my other podcasts, please visit actualstorypodcasting.com. Next, back in 2007, you could number your episodes however you like, and I did this very creative numbering system that included episodes 4.1, 4.15, 4.2, and no actual episode 4. The numbering that the episodes have in your feed is the order that you should listen to them. So, welcome in to the Theatrically Speaking Wayback Machine. It's time to talk some plays. I hate movies, I don't watch TV, I can't read books, and I don't take kids to the zoo. Video games are gonna rot your brain, and all these internets are for idiots. But I love you, baby, dear, but you ain't no Shakespeare. Try to make me to be high class, and I would David Bammett on your ass. Welcome to Theatrically Speaking. This is episode 4.1, almost a playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. I am your host for this series. Uh, To my knowledge, still the only playwriting podcast in the history of all of the internets. Uh, If you know otherwise, please let me know, and I will acknowledge uh, anyone else doing something similar, because we all need to stick together. Because we're playwrights, or at least we know playwrights, or at least you're my friend, and if we're all of those sorts of things, then we should be in it together, right? Cool. Alright, I'm going to start off with the with the usual disclaimers. Uh, if this is new to you, then you may hear some background noise, and that is because the city of Frederick, Maryland is currently at work building a road through my backyard, and they're coming along pretty well, actually. They've got, uh, the grading seems to have taken some nice shape, um... So that's cool. And I'm interested to see what happens when it's done. So I don't mind if any of those big uh, tractor bulldozer noises make it through. That's cool. Episode 4.1 is going to be the first in three episodes dealing with different um, different lengths of plays. And we're going to talk about, in this episode, the 10-minute play. In 4.2, the one act, and 4.3, the full-length play. Talk about some very specific things that have to deal with the lengths of each of these plays. Uh, things that you should keep in mind. Stick away. Uh, and in fact, next episode, I have an idea of something that I'll do that'll be absolutely ridiculous. And it'll be kind of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things. So that'll be fun. Last time I talked about how Tina said I should have some show notes. So, um, alright, yeah, okay, that's cool. I dig it. Uh, over at jonahofthesea.com. If you click on blog, I've put up show notes for the previous two episodes, 3.1, 3.2. I didn't go back further than that because, I don't know, I didn't. Uh, but 3.1 is about formatting, and so that's kind of useful. 3.2 is about stuff you should stick in your submission packet, and um, that's kind of useful too for playwrights. So, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, it's now at Jonah of the Sea on the blog page, so click the blog link, and there you go. And that'll be kind of fun. And then I'll stick another one up for uh, for today's uh, today's episode. 
Um, and that'll be that'll be something. The other thing that I just sort of want to talk about a little bit is that I've been doing this now for about two months or so, uh, and that's cool. I feel like I've sort of gotten into the rhythms and the swing of the thing, so now I'm going to start playing with something else. Over the next couple of episodes, I'm going to start playing with production values. Um, what I've what I've been doing is sticking the theme song at the beginning and the end, and uh, you know the show in the middle, and that's fine. That's cool, and and there's an, I don't really have much of a problem with that. But uh, I listen to some other shows, some other podcasts out there, and I'm like, hey, they've got more music and things. So I'll play with some of that, and uh, maybe it'll work, and maybe it won't work. Maybe I'll try it and think that it doesn't work, and I'll stop doing it. But I'll probably mess around with that over the next couple of episodes. So there may be something going on there. Uh, If you dig it, let me know. If you don't dig it, um, you could let me know that too. Or you could just say nothing at all and let me do whatever I want. That's cool. I dig it. Um, So yeah, so there's that. That's what I wanted to talk about there at the beginning. All right. So, um, and before we get into 10 minutes proper, I want to talk about two cool things that are, again, more proof that I am incredibly awesome. Uh, And they are both new play publications that are out there that are not my plays, but that list me in them. And that's pretty cool. I dig it. Uh, The first is uh, the new publication of the play script Holmes and Watson by... Lee Eric Shackelford. Uh, Holmes and Watson is a play that I directed for the New Playhouse last year, and Lee has since had the thing published. It is available on Amazon.com now, and uh, and I'm listed in there. I'm, I got some special thanks, and that's pretty cool. Me and Lisa um, for for helping out, and then I'm and then at the end of the script, actually, there's this cool. He does this really cool thing for a couple of pages where he talks about developing the play problems that he's had in uh, various productions of the thing. And actually, for from a, a playwriting perspective, that's actually really interesting. So he talks about how he had included various props that were problematic and the evolution to making them easier, uh, making the production smoother and that kind of thing. So I would check that out. Uh, the other one is... Um, uh, a book that's coming out also on Amazon right now, Laugh Lines, uh, Short Comic Plays. The, the title of the thing is Laugh Lines, Short Comic Plays. Uh, this is a series of books. Uh, if you've been paying attention to play anthologies over over the last uh, bunch of years, you've noticed, you'll, you'll notice the cover and you'll be like, oh, it's part of that series. Uh, there is a play in there, Mistaken Identity, by Sharon Cooper. Uh, and I am credited with directing the premiere production. Uh, so that's very cool as well. Uh, and if so, so, and actually, looping back to the idea of the show notes thing, my thought was, hey, I'm going to stick links to that in the show notes. But here's what I don't know, and I could use some advice on this. I don't know how to take that big, long URL... Uh, and shorten it down to something manageable. If anybody knows some HTML coding, that'll let me do that. Again, you know, new to this HTML thing, X, 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 XML, you know, okay. Um, so let me know how to shorten down those URLs, and I'm going to stick those in the in the show notes so that you can check them out. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what did you guys know about that? All right. Okay, so 10-minute plays. In uh, In a number of areas... In a number of areas, as I as I talked about at the very first episode, zero point nine, um, it's hard for me to sort of 
trace my influences and where I've come up with certain ideas and certain philosophies on various aspects of playwriting and the theater industry in general. When it comes to 10-minute plays, it is not hard for me at all. I know exactly where 90% of my influence has come from, and it has come from a guy named Gary Garrison. No, he is not a fictional character on Prairie Home Companion. He is an actual real guy, and if you are involved with playwriting at all and you do not know who Gary Garrison is, it I highly recommend that you check out his website, GaryGarrison.com. He is, he is not only a great writer, uh, just books about writing, he, collects, he has uh, put out some anthologies, he's also a very accomplished and talented playwright in his own right. He works tirelessly uh, for new playwrights. He's a he's a member of the Dramatist Guild. Uh, he's he's a he's a, a, a an office holder for the Dramatist Guild. He teaches at um, uh, as part of um, oh and I blanked it. Uh, Tish Tish uh, uh, yeah Tish uh, playwriting program at Tish yes, um, which is which is very cool. And he also does a heck of a lot with the Kennedy Center's uh, American College Theater Festival and all that kind of thing. Again, brilliant guy, wonderful advocate, and very approachable. Uh, so I recommend you check him out. And as I pick up the book here, um, he has also written a book that I hold in my hand called Perfect Ten, Writing and Producing the Ten-Minute Play. If you are at all interested in the ten-minute play, whether you've already written them or you're kind of thinking of writing them or anything like that, this is absolutely the book. I, I, I do not give him, you know, I'm not sugarcoating that at all. You absolutely should have this book if you are at all interested in a 10-minute play because he tackles it from all kinds of directions. And it's not even just like the, the silly stuff that you find in most playwriting books. He's got a, a great voice, very approachable, easy to get into this book, and you and it'll be just a great reference uh, piece of material for you from going here on out. So having had a number of workshops with Gary and having read this book a number of times, uh, it is, I'm certain that I'm going to go over this, and I've not gone through it to sort of sort out his ideas from my ideas, but I have a feeling that most of my ideas on the 10-minute play come from his ideas. So, um, so that's cool. Uh, and I'm good with that. I'm good with telling you where I've gotten my ideas from. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud to have known this guy, uh, to, to still know him and have a good relationship with him. So that's very cool. Check him out. GaryGarrison.com. So the two aspects of 10-Minute Play that I'm going to talk about are this. Uh, the first is what does a 10-Minute Play, what goes into a 10-Minute Play that maybe does not go into a one-act or a full-length play? Uh, as far as your writing style and stuff that goes into it, what what are what should you keep in mind specifically for the ten minute play? And then the other is actually a big issue, especially with uh, young and emerging playwrights. But not only um, what is a short play, but what is a short play compared to what is a skit? And a lot of and those ideas definitely come from Gary. And I'm going to personalize it by using as examples two plays of my own. Uh, which I did want to stick up in the show notes there, um, but they're kind of long, you know, they're 10-minute plays, so I'll probably do some excerpts. That'll be kind of cool. All right. So the first thing is uh, skit versus play. Let's do skit versus play. And skit versus play, uh, and the other one, what goes into a 10-minute play that is uh, that doesn't go into other plays, um, are kind of 
the same thing. I think that um, the reason why playwrights will accidentally write a skit instead of a 10-minute play is because they do not they have maybe some misconceptions about what is what is very unique to the 10 minute play format. So I've changed my mind. 10 minute play format. Do that one first. What specifically should go in a 10 minute play that um uh, uh when you're when you're going sitting down to write this thing? For the most part, almost no difference from a full length play. And here's what I mean by that. You still absolutely need three dimensional living characters. They can't be they can't be two dimensional stereotypes or sketches. It's this is a play. This is a play, which means that you need to know people, you need to know their motivations, you need to know their backstory, just the same as you do in a full length play. Just because it's short, you may not get into all the details about what they were doing when they were born and how they grew up and all that kind of thing, but you need to know it, and it needs to be there when that character walks on stage. Same thing. You still need a plot. You need a, an active thick, meaty story. You need something that people are going to, you know, watch your 10-minute play, read your 10-minute play, and say, ah, that's a story. That it, it's not a superficial thing. It's not just, you know, one of the, it's not a Saturday Night Live sketch, you know? This is an actual story. This is a play. It's a comedy. It's a drama. It's a horror. It's whatever you want it to be, but it's a story. Yes. So that absolutely needs to go in there. You also need the beginning, middle, and end. Beginning can be very short. End can be very short, but they need to be there. Play needs to begin, needs to develop, needs to end. And just because it's a shorter form doesn't give you a reason not to do that stuff. You still got to do the same thing that you do with a one act and that you do with a full length. That's absolutely the case. It is absolutely the case. Uh, and that's about it. <laughs> See, like how I wrapped those both up at the same time. So skip versus a play. Um, same thing. A play is about people play is story, play is character development. One of the tricks that I use when I write uh, is that I treat every play like a mystery. And it may not be uh, sort of like a an overt who killed the guy or who stole the thing, but there is a question posed. You have a living, breathing person that has to answer this question, and they get it by the end. And even if it's a comedy, and even if it's a, a romantic drama, no matter what it is, there is a mystery. And I think that one of the mistakes from from certainly when I was an undergrad, when I was starting to write plays, uh, when I was teaching playwriting, when I read new plays, a lot of younger writers don't necessarily have that kind of thing going in there. There's not the texture or the depth in the story, especially in the shorter works. So, so that's cool. And one of the things, and again, so plug for Gary's book, he has a great breakdown, um, having read hundreds and hundreds of plays uh, himself uh, that are written by students from all over the place. Uh, a great breakdown of what students tend to write about where the strengths are, what the weaknesses are. I highly recommend that book. Again, I'm going to try to stop talking about it now. Okay. Okay. So, skip versus play. What goes into a play? It's the same thing. Same thing. The only difference there, the only thing that may not, that you that you may actually adjust for a 10-minute play uh, that you maybe shouldn't do there, that you can do in a longer form, is subject matter. So, and my thought here is that if you are a freaking awesome playwright, you can probably take any subject at all, develop it, resolve it in a way, uh, in a short period of time, in a 10-minute play, 
you know, okay, so let's say racism. Uh, you're going to deal with, with the issue of race in a 10-minute play. If you're freaking awesome, you can do it. If you're just kind of awesome, it might be too big to tackle in 10 minutes. Sure, there's, uh, you know, Slice of Life. You can do a small vignette. You can explore a couple of ideas there. But um, really heavy subject matter is hard to pull off in 10 minutes. Can be done, especially if you sort of take the weighty matter and kind of reduce it down to like a small bit of it. Uh, how it, how it is immediately affecting this person at this moment and how they get around that, how they discover a way through it or change somebody and someone changes because of it. And it's a very small thing. Great. You can probably get, you can probably do that. Just, uh, the only thing I would say is watch out for trying to do too much because again, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, and the other thing I should point out about a 10 minute play is that it is 10 minutes long. If it's less than 10 minutes long, if you're looking at a, uh, you know, a five minute play, that's not a 10 minute play. It's a short play, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, short play, not a 10 minute play. So when you're looking at short play festivals, wanting to send them off 10 minute play, 10 minute play, not a five minute, not a 20 minute. Those are short plays. 10 minute play. Okay, cool. All right. So now I'm moving on and I'm going to talk about two of my own 10 minute plays. The two that I have chosen to talk about here are uh, one that is, I think, a pretty good play that I, that I like, and one that is, by all accounts, not a very good play at all. And I'm going to start with that one. Uh, this is a play called The Doorknob. The Doorknob is a play that I wrote as an undergraduate at the University of South Dakota. It was probably the first play that I ever tried to finish, because, uh, you know, going through high school drama and working in high school plays and all that kind of thing, you kind of write out some ideas or scenes or whatever. And at least I did. I sort of doodled some stuff out, but never really felt the urge to try to really develop these things. But The Doorknob was the first time I wanted to write a play. And it wasn't a play. It's not a play. It's really a skit or a sketch or it's something else. And so so here's a little bit of backstory about The Doorknob, because I never bring this play up, so I got to talk about it somewhere. Um, because it's never really going to see the light of day. Although I'll probably, I'm going to try to dig it up because I don't even have a copy of it on my computer anymore, but I think I have it somewhere. So I'm going to try to dig some of that up and put it up in the show notes. My freshman year in college, in my dorm, there was this particular door that was intended to be a primary entrance door that had no doorknob on it. Your key would fit in there, but unless you could really hold on to your key with a really strong grip, you could not pull that door open to come in. So kind of the trend was um, people would sort of mill about outside that door, hoping that somebody would come out rather than, you know, walk around the corner to get to the door that had the doorknob. We would stand outside this door and sort of wait for someone to arrive. And the, the weird thing about it was that it's not that someone stole the doorknob. This door was designed not to have a doorknob. So... One day, thinking about how ridiculous this was, um, sort of walking around, I have no idea why, started talking to myself about the fact that this door had no doorknob, and it seemed like a great idea to me to talk in an Irish accent. Don't Again, no idea why. And so I'm talking to myself in this Irish accent, this conversation between two guys wondering why there was no doorknob on the door. And that was it. And that was it. That was where the idea came from. No story. Uh, I tried to impose a story later because I brought it into a playwriting class, I think the next year or something like that. And 
this idea and I was like, hey, you're on this place. It's you guys, no doorknob on the door. It's funny. Uh, but it didn't go anywhere. There's no point. So since they were Irish, I decided that I would make them uh, members of the IRA. It was a comedy about two IRA agents trying to get inside this building to blow it up. It's hilarious about killing people. And um, didn't work. Didn't work at all. Um, didn't know the difference between the characters. Uh, they just kind of talked. And the conversation didn't go anywhere. It was various things about why there was no doorknob on a door. Again, didn't know anything about the characters, but it was 10, ten pages, 10-minute 10 ten minute play, probably. Um, didn't go anywhere. Um, I, I, there, there was, like, one cool thing in the play, and so the whole thing's kind of bizarre, but, like, at one point, one of them says, hey, I wonder if there's another door, and one walks off the left side of the stage, comes back on the right side of the stage, and says, nope, no other door. I kind of like that. That was kind of funny. Um, uh, maybe. But uh, anyway, not really a play. Never tried to get it produced. I uh, brought it up in class. Everyone's like, yeah, that's kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. Um, gave up on the thing. Gave up on the thing. As as well I should. I'm glad that I have not spent the last 10 years of my life trying to refine the doorknob. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. Obviously, not a good play. Not a good 10-minute play. Uh, missing all of the essential elements of a play. Character development. Um, plot. Nothing going on. Nothing going on at all. So, second play, play of mine that I like, that works as a 10-minute play, is called The Annapolis Trip. I like The Annapolis Trip because, uh, uh, and, I, and I actually don't remember where the, really the spark was for this, but it's a music teacher who was sort of vaguely based on the fact that I had a really cool music teacher, uh, two really cool music teachers in high school, kind of vaguely based on, on them if they were angry. And then a principle that wasn't based on any principle that I've ever had. And the debate between the two about the cancellation of the school band trip. And for me, most most people think about, um, you know, high tension and high plot. And it's very seldom between the band teacher and the vice principal. But what I think I really did, what I'm proud of about this play, was the fact that uh, it was produced at a 10-minute play festival last year, and it worked really well. Um, it was very much, I want the trip, you can't have the trip. And what are they willing to do to get the trip and to stop them from getting the trip? And as the play goes on, it's not really about that, is it? No, it's about how a teacher behaved inappropriately on the last one. It's about how students behaved. It's about the, um, the, the tunnel vision of the band teacher willing to sacrifice everything to get this trip, to get this one thing. And what is she willing to do? What is she willing, um, what, what is she willing to pull down around her to get this simple band trip going? And, and I think it, it actually worked pretty well. It's actually one of these plays where uh, it could have been for two men, could have been for two women, could have been for one of each. I tried really hard to make each character as uh, their gender not affect their their status in the play. And um, it was done with two women, and I thought it worked out just fine. I think it could be done equally as well with uh, with any combination of genders. 
So it works out really well because one of the, again, going back to the idea that every, every play in my mind is a mystery, on every page, I tried to change the story. So yes, we know what we want here, we know what we want there, but it, at the end of the page, it's not really that, I'm going to change it. Oh, so this is what you're talking about. Well, if that's the story, move on to this, move on to this. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Move on to this, move on to this. So that, so that sitting out there in the audience, yes, it could be just two people standing there talking, being very boring, but each one has, you know, uh, more and more deception that they're pulling out of their pocket and more cards that they're going to play. And, you know, to, at what point are they going to stop trying to bring each other down about a band trip? You know, and you totally, for me and for the audience, apparently, uh, they totally bought it. They totally bought that these two people would go to any extreme to get this trip or to not get this trip. Um, I think really well fleshed out characters, uh, a, a story that keeps evolving and keep changing, clearly defined beginning, middle and end. Uh, there is a winner, sort of. Uh, so I really dig it. Um and that's why I dig it, because uh, it works pretty well. All right. I think that's it. So that's 10-minute play. Here's the ridiculous thing I'm going to do next episode. Next episode is not going to be 4.2. It's going to be 4.15. Ha-ha! <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk just about 10-minute plays. Next episode is going to be 10-minute play festivals. And what do you do with a 10-minute play as compared to a full-length play? Cool. All right. Questions, comments, concerns, queries... Jonah at JonahOfTheSea.com. You can check me out on MySpace. You can check me out on Facebook. You can go to the website, www.JonahOfTheSea.com. That's kind of fun. Show notes at JonahOfTheSea.com blog. And I think that is about it that I'm going to say today. Cool. All right. I'll talk at you later. I would David Mamet on your